Good morning. It's Tuesday, September 10th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news, all within 15 minutes or fewer. I'm Connor Tapp. Pro Football Hall of Famer Lynn Swan announced on Monday that he is stepping down as athletics director at the University of Southern California. Swan's three-year stint as the Trojans AD has been marred throughout by controversy, beginning with the decision by former USC President Max Nikias to hire Swan in the first place. Swan's hiring continued a long line of favoring ties to USC, where Swan played in college, over demonstrated administrative prowess. Swan first came under heavy public pressure in late 2018 after he decided to retain football coach Clay Helton following a 5-7 season. It was USC's worst finish since the year 2000, which was Paul Hackett's final season in L.A., otherwise known as the darkness before the dawn of the Pete Carroll era. The scrutiny on Swan tightened further in the spring of 2019 as USC was one of many schools caught up in a federal bribery investigation into corrupt college admissions practices. A common MO among the perpetrators was to bribe college coaches into falsifying a student's status as a prospective student athlete in order to secure favorable treatment in the admissions process. A for a a USC associate AD, two former soccer coaches, and a water polo coach were all indicted. Swan said in April that he was, quote, blindsided by the case, but would not be leaving his position. We're going to now listen to a snippet of reporter Bruce Feldman talking to Ryan Abraham on the Peristyle podcast, breaking down the day's news. And I should explain that this recording starts with Ryan just having asked Bruce about a prediction Bruce made in the summer that Swan would be out by October. You're probably not too shocked that this happened when it did. No, not at all. Uh, I tried to give myself a little wiggle room uh, with that. I was told it would happen uh, within the first month of the season or by the first month of the season. And just thinking back to that event, um, I guess it was early June. I thought it was a little later than that. I felt like that was the first time some of the rumblings I'd heard from some reliable sources on this kinds of thing was the first time I'd really spoken about it publicly. And I know that I was surprised at how much traction that got among USC fans, but everything I'd heard was just that the new president, Carol Folt needed to get a little time to get, you know, settled in and get the lay of the land, but that getting Lynn Swan out of there for a variety of reasons was something that was, was, was in the works. And from what I've been told in the last, you know, a week and a half or two, USC had already been reaching out to some prospective candidates to gauge interest about replacing Lynn Swan. So uh, this is not, as you know, as I said it at, on your show that day back in the summer, this is not a surprise at all. And I think the only thing that's probably a little surprising is that it maybe happened this long, but given a new president was taken over, um, it's it, it seems to make a lot of sense. Have you, excuse me, have you heard, um, you know, as far as reasons behind it, did she just want to start fresh? Is it because of the two FBI scandals and multiple arrests or the performance between the, the major programs on the field and the court? Did you, did you hear any kind of reasoning why behind it? Yes, because you rattled off a bunch of stuff. <laughs> at the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that's here is just, a lack it's a total dysfunction of the athletic department and what people would look at and say this is not great leadership and so you know look i've heard really positive things from some people i i trust in and around usc about the new president and how she's handled things 
and maybe what's on her radar that maybe was not on the, you know, her, the guy she follows radar or didn't just, just was not things he was wired for that bodes well, at least to go into this search. But, you know, a lot of times, I don't know if you and I have talked about this before, and I'm sure it's come up a lot on the peristyle of, man, this is a very USC thing, you know, just like, and it, it makes people cringe and they're like, ugh, you just kind of roll your eyes and shrug your shoulders after enough of this stuff. And that was kind of the Lynn Swan tenure. And so now moving forward, uh, I'm interested to see what direction they go in. But I, I, I think, look, a lot of people looked at this and said, all right, well, this is setting up because they're going to have a head coaching search. And who knows what, what what's going to go. I mean, everybody's really excited about Slovis and, and there's optimism there. And who knows, maybe they go on a great run and then all of a sudden, whatever they do, whoever the new AD is, you know, they have to have a clear path on what football is going to be, whether that's, hey, Clay Helton is really going to be here for the next five years. It can't be touch and go on this stuff. And I think they're, again, I think they need somebody with some real AD experience. You can't USC this thing again. They just got to get it right. And and I, I would assume she will, she will do a better job at this than than what happened before. For the full 30-minute conversation between Bruce and Ryan, check out the Peristyle podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You heard from Feldman there that there seems to be some optimism that this AD search will be handled more competently than previous AD searches at USC. Whether or not that proves to be the case remains to be seen, but for what it's worth, President Fult is asking the public for their, quote, thoughts and recommendations, which can be sent to adsearch at USC. More good news for long-suffering USC fans. The Trojans moved back into the AP Top 25 on Sunday following their 45-20 win over Stanford, joining Maryland and Virginia as newcomers to the poll. Iowa State, Stanford, Nebraska, and Syracuse dropped out. Wisconsin was the biggest gainer, moving up three spots to number 14 after the Badgers pitched their second straight shutout to start the season. LSU jumped Ohio State and Oklahoma to move to number four. Michigan fell three spots from seven to ten after escaping with an overtime win against Army. Texas is your team of the week that somehow fell in the poll despite barely losing to a team ranked higher than it was heading in. The Longhorns fell from number nine to number 12. We are going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we've got a whole lot of injuries in the SEC and a war of words about air conditioning between Texas and and LSU. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. It's time to run rapid fire through some injuries through the SEC and one in the Big Ten. Jimbo Fisher announced on Monday that Texas A&M will be without starting running back to Sean Corbin for the rest of the 2019 season. Corbin left the Aggies 24-10 loss to Clemson with a hamstring injury. Auburn wide receiver Seth Williams, who caught the game-winning touchdown pass from Bo Nix against Oregon, injured his left shoulder in the commission of a 40-yard catch against Tulane on Saturday. Could Williams return in time for Auburn's SEC opener at Texas A&M on September 21st? I'm not ready to say yet, Gus Malzahn said on Monday. 
The news is considerably worse for a couple of SEC East quarterbacks. The first is Kentucky quarterback Terry Wilson, who will miss the rest of the season with a torn patellar tendon. Wilson suffered the injury during the Wildcats' 38-17 win over Eastern Michigan on Saturday. Troy transfer Sawyer Smith will step into Wilson's role. Smith completed five of nine passes for 76 yards and two touchdowns on Saturday. The Ryan Holinsky era got off to a promising start for South Carolina on Saturday as the Gamecocks set a school record 775 yards of offense against Charleston Southern. But they got some bad news on Monday as Jake Bentley, who began the year as the starting quarterback, has decided to undergo season-ending surgery. Bentley still has a redshirt available, so he could either redshirt and transfer or come back to South Carolina in 2020 and try to win his job back from Holinsky. Nebraska's starting safety Deontay Williams is out indefinitely after having surgery to repair a shoulder injury suffered during the Huskers' Week 1 win over South Alabama. Williams was not on the travel roster for Nebraska's overtime loss to Colorado. Former five-star defensive tackle Josh Belk is no longer playing football after enrolling at Clemson and then transferring to South Carolina in 2018. Over the weekend, Belk uploaded a 15-minute YouTube video in which he gives his side of the story of the rise and fall of his football career. In the video, Belk says South Carolina threatened to pull his scholarship when he refused to lift weights after being diagnosed with a fracture in his back. Three days after they said my back was fractured, and I got a text to like come in and work out. I like work out and my back fractured. So I went, I was like, what's, what's the deal with that? So they explained to me and everything. I went and tried out, like, man, I can't, I, I, like, I can't work out right now. And then after about a week or so, they called me and was like, oh man told me that, that I needed to meet with the head coach. So I went, I was like, what's up? I went up there and met, met with the head coach and everything. And um, when that happened, they told me then, it was like, all in all, they were like, either you gonna lift and stuff, or we're gonna have to take a scholarship at the end of the semester. I was like, what kind of, you, I was like, what kind of stuff is that, man? Like, it's, I'm injured and you want me to live and you threatening to take my scholarship because of that. Like, how? I got to a point where I was like, it ain't even no point in me staying here. My scholarship gonna get taken away. So at that point, I just came home, like straight like that. And it was kind of dirty, it was kind of dirt on that end. In response to the allegations, South Carolina released a general statement about its commitment to student-athlete wellness, but said HIPAA regulations prevented them from addressing any particular player. Finally today, at his Monday press conference, LSU head coach said that Texas's Week 1 opponent, Louisiana Tech, warned him to prepare for a visitor's locker room at DKR that had no air conditioning. Orgeron said that they were able to bring in some blowers to improve the situation, but that it wasn't ideal. Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte said in a written statement that Orgeron's comments were, quote, the first we've heard of any issues in that area and that we've confirmed that our air conditioning in the visitor's locker room is in good working order. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. I'm Connor Tapp, and I'll see you bright and early on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. <laughs>